thought that it would be best really for both of them, for Sammy to have her daddy close by, and also for Patty to know that, that Jack was right there with Sammy. Just before 8 p.m., Samantha is strapped to a stretcher and loaded onto the plane. Large, wet snowflakes obscure the runway. Like most February storms in western Colorado, this one is carrying quite a bit of moisture. But Brad assures Jack there's no real danger. I was talking to Brad a little bit, and I asked him you know, how choppy it was going to be getting up out of the valley because of the storm here. And he says, ah, he said, don't worry about it. I wouldn't do it if it were dangerous. I mean, yeah, there's an inherent danger there, but, you know, come on. None of us would do it if it was that dangerous. Though the snow is intensifying, 37-year-old pilot Rick Fowler is equally unconcerned. He's been flying in the Western Rockies for more than a decade. It was something that we'd flown in for years. You know, it's, it's just a, another day on the job with different, different weather. Rick flies without a co-pilot. Jack and Brad sit directly behind him. They face the back of the plane where Teresa cares for Samantha. My biggest focus was really trying to keep uh, her medications going. Everybody was focused on Samantha at that time because of the critical situation. She was a little baby that was dying, simple as that. The twin-engine jet prop Merlin takes off. It's a bumpy ride at first, but the turbulence stops once the plane is above the clouds. It smoothed right out, and Brad even looked at me and said, see, smooth as glass. Teresa monitors Samantha's temperature and heart rate while administering antibiotics through an IV. Brad tries to keep the baby's nervous father calm. Like making small talk with Jack and saying, see how smooth it is, the cold weather, cold air, smoother than hot weather, don't worry about it, we'll hit some mountain wave turbulence maybe, that'll be about it. But Brad has spoken too soon. About 25 minutes into the flight, nearly halfway to Denver, Brad hears Rick radio for help. I could hear him talking to Denver Center, telling him we needed to declare an in-flight emergency and tell him how many souls were on board and, you know, how much fuel. So I asked Rick what was going on. He said, not now. And I'm like, well, Rick, we need, you know, if there's a problem, we need to know because we need to start planning. We got a really sick, critically sick kid back here. And he said, I'll be right with you. And, and when he said that, he was really tense. Rick has good reason to be tense. The plane is at 17,000 feet over the Rocky Mountains, and the right engine has just flamed out. You can feel the the loss of power on one engine, and then the instruments will indicate that the engine's not running, not producing power. While the plane can still fly, its ability to climb is impaired. If they continue on to Denver, they'll face even higher terrain. Turning back means lower land, but they'll be flying right into the teeth of the storm. Their only hope is an airport in the small town of Rifle, 45 miles away. Regulation uh, uh, it requires that an aircraft in distress or that has a mechanical problem would land as soon as practical. Once the lights of rifle came into sight, that was a no-brainer. Rick aims the plane down through the mountain peaks to the tiny airport. The altitude we got down to was 6,400 feet, which on a normal glide path at Rifle would be about um, about two miles out from the end of the runway. Um, now keep in mind there's high mountains all around this, kind of a Rifle sits in a little bit of a bowl. Brad and Teresa strap down loose objects in the cabin in case the landing is rough. 
Jack, of course, during this whole time was going, hey, what's going on? Hey, what's going on? He says, well, we got some problems. That's all he would say. And I, uh, I said, well, wait a minute, we got some problems. I'm like, look, everything's fine. You know, it's going to be okay. Lying through my teeth. Because, you know, you're getting nervous. You know, things could go wrong. The rifle airport has a limited instrument approach, which means that in order to land, Rick needs to see the ground. I heard Rick say, is that the runway? And I looked over and I said, I said yeah, I think it is. And he said, well, it looks like it to me, too. I remember looking over my shoulder, and I could see the runway lights. So I thought, right on, we're, this is going to be no problem. At that point, I thought, well, everything's OK. We're just going to land and find out what's going on. But just as Rick nears the airstrip, the weather strikes. The blizzard that was descending upon Grand Junction when the plane took off has continued east. Now, Rick is immersed in the storm. All of a sudden, I hear him go, uh-oh, and I look back out, and the runway's gone. Rick had dropped down into the worst...